What a snow chase. That's our theme song for now. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Zach Montana. I'm here with my lovely companion, Maddie Amato. Maddie Amato, that's me. Maddie Amato, and this is... The Room That We Created. created. I forgot to pop open this. Mine's already popped. I come in popped. I'm 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 coming in like the Virgin Mary. Yeah, I'm coming in just Unpopped. ran through slot. Speaking of, you want to take off that jacket? Yeah, so I'll take off my beautiful replica jacket from the movie Drive. Yeah, should we stand up and do a little jacket a little back to back? Back to back to basics. These are hot. We're hot. I'm it's telling hot. you, you look hot. I'm telling you, honey. Flowers, but. All right. I got this on Amazon to wear for Halloween. I got this guy. I never wore it. Fucker on Amazon. I got this. I, I this fellow. Uh, dressed as Velma. Oh, your Velma costume this year was so hot. Thank that you. That was so great. I'm in a band called Muddy Rabbit, and the four of us decided to dress as Scooby Doo characters. We had five of us at one point. Fifth boy. Got booted out of the band right before Halloween, so we were right, losing no, a No, right before we filmed the podcast. Actually, yeah, immediately before, before we, we had the, the name. first episode, and then Halloween was right around the corner. We had our show, and so we were missing a Shaggy. So the plan was, okay, make the drummer who was Scooby Shaggy, and then he's gonna bring his dachshund to be Scooby. Right. That didn't work. He forgot yeah. <laughs> to bring his dachshund, so we were just missing a Shaggy. But no one questioned it. No one mentioned at all that we were missing a Shaggy, which I thought would be a huge deal because he seems more important than Scooby. Have you seen? What do you th- have you seen the new Scooby Doo like character models? What do you think about them? The one that Glenn Howerton is in. Yeah. Yes, I have. I think they look great. I think they look great, but I just don't like. I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, I know, I'm that's not. That's weird. Just make a new show if you want to like. I'm not super thrilled about it because I don't really give a fuck. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. like, oh, what the fuck, my Scooby Doo. I never watched anything Scooby Doo. I used to, I used to, you know, my nickname was Shaggy in high school. My nickname was Shabby, Shabby Chic. My nickname was the Shabby Chic. <laughs> and they called me Shaggy in high school because I was um, tall, tall had long <laughs> blonde hair, was, well, it's more brown, but. And smoked fatty. Skinny, and I, sh- I was known for smoking fat doinks. And I had the, <laughs> I had the worst goatee. Like, I like, it was so like thin. Mm. It was like a bad high school beard that I would look in the mirror and I finally like had something on my face, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that looks good." Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm growing nah, a beard, and then even I look at photos of me from like yesterday, and I'm like, "That looks bad." And it's like, but my high school self would have thought it was like, "Brother, you're killing it." Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like grow it out. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> there was a. I remember like when my mustache started coming in, like sort of freshman year. That was also simultaneously when I was like starting to feel like yeah. a not dude mm-hmm. and so i was just like okay so, solution number one let's try this route it's just hyper masculinize yourself until you don't feel dysphoric anymore and then you just are a dude yeah. and so i tried my best to grow it out and there's a picture that um our dear friend aiden has of me that is a infamous photograph of me in a car with a with a blue hoodie and it's just me like 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 forehead facing the camera, just my shitty fucking mustache and it's like 
covered in shit. I was eating something. Yeah. And it's just me doing this goofy ass face, but this mustache, like that photograph is the bane of my fucking existence. I've had so many photos that would have been good were ruined by bad facial hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Because like there, there's photos of me like pre coming out that are very boyish that I don't mind as much because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cute. I look cute, I think. And I'm like, huh. But like the, yeah, there are some that are ruined solely by bad facial hair. I mentioned earlier like the we were talking about the band member you lost right before immediately before filming the first immediately episode. before yeah. filming the first episode and uh even before we we backstory we created the name for this podcast some five minutes before we started shooting because yeah. we were sitting thinking we don't have a name let's come up with one i don't know what it's gonna be but i'll know it when i'll hear it and the first thing that you said was the room that we created. Right. And I I just thought to myself, I didn't think it'd be that quick, but that's it. No, that's it. We're done. Yeah, you immediately... That, that made so me so happy. I'd like to talk about what it is. And yes. So, so the room that we created is a reference to a song. I Look up the artist for, for the song. It's called Wendell Walker. I forget the artist's name. I'll get it in a sec. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> no no oh don't don't copyright this joe 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 please hey joe where your are you going with that gun in your hand um sorry <laughs> what's this saying so it's called it's called the one the room that we created because there's a song that i was turned on to by my friend alex oliverio andy shelf is the songwriter thank you andy shelf uh wendell walker and it's about a a man in the summertime Loving in the summertime, and he has a best friend, and they go fishing, and his best friend, I believe, is a priest. Mm-hmm. Now, he's sleeping with his best friend's wife and feels somewhat guilty about it, but also is very loving with this woman, and this woman is very loving with him. One day, the husband, his best friend, comes home and find a, finds a note on the dresser confessing her love to someone he doesn't know who, so he acts like he's leaving to go to the like the Megalomart or something. Mm-hmm. Comes back some ten minutes later, finds him there. Finds the protagonist. Finds of the, the song. protagonist, the the antihero, right? If you will, mm-hmm. and you know, points a shotgun at him and is about to kill him. And he, right when he pulls the trigger, as his eyes, I believe he said, dart for a second in his unsurety, he knocks the barrel away, and. It, it kills his wife. He shoots his wife. And he just stands there and he then kills himself. And the last words of the song are, my God, my God, what have I done? Like, oh my God, my God, what have I done? And he took the shotgun and he put it in his, in his mouth. And I stood in the room that I created. Yeah, that's the song. And that's how it ends. And it is one of the most phenomenal songs I've yeah, ever Yeah, that's heard. an incredible fucking song. That and song is like... John, like Johnny Cash esque storytelling mm. of like I hung my head, you know, type beat, but like mm-hmm. on the level of like begrudging, brutal acknowledgement of humanity of like Nick Cave's old songs. It, yeah, it, that's it, really accurate, right? I mean, even Johnny Cash, of course, is that level as well. But like, I just mean it reminds me of Nick Cave and just the kind of like desperation of it. It's a, it's so fucking. You good. really love amazing. Nick Cave. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm less into Nick Cave's and the Bad Seeds. I love what you have shown me, but all that I've really listened to 
I would say 99% of what I've listened to from Nick Cave and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, you have shown me. Uh-huh. So, like, could you could you talk about Nick Cave a little bit and why you love their artistry oh, so much? yeah. yeah. Um, man. Because it's real unique. Well, I, yeah, okay. I met their, like, manager. I met his manager. I right. Think, yeah, time. you told me. That fucking yeah. made me want to die. That's so cool. <laughs> but, um... Well, I want I'll get even more into it when we talk cuz I said before we started this that I wanted to do an episode about yeah. the albums that yeah. we've that have shaped us. Gonna as take people. my shoes. We'll do off. a whole episode on that. And same with films. I want to do an episode on films and albums that we love. But I'll talk about Nick Cave right now is like Banana Socks. Nick Cave, my first exposure to him was that I was um a freshman in high school and Paulie came home. Paulie's my older brother. He came home with Skeleton Tree. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Skeleton Tree, which like it was, I think the 2015, 16. I don't, I can't remember, but new er era Nick Cave album, super down tempo, very electronic, extremely sad. It's an album dedicated to his son that he just lost, oh my who God. was sixteen. It's like Eric Clapton, almost. Right. Do you know and what he died from? Clapton's kid. No, not Clapton's kid. No, Nick. Nick Cave's oh, son. Nick Cave's son. From what I read, is he he fell off a cliff. Oh my god, that is a lot like Clapton's. Yeah, Clapton's, yeah. Early. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think he was... Um, look it up, fact-check me, because I don't want to, you know, okay. misinform. But from what I remember correctly, it's like he was he was tripping. Like his son was tripping on acid or something, and oh. just accidentally he fell and, and died. Look from that like up some right great now. High, Whatever. But Skeleton Tree... Polly just found it because he liked the album cover because it's just black with like this text, mm-hmm. like green matrix, like text, you know, and it just looked cool. And he was like, yeah, check it out. Because I was getting super into production at the time. That was when I first started making music was when I was a freshman and it was electronic. And um, Paul was like, you'd really like this. It reminds me of some of the shit you said you wanted to make. And I listened to one or two songs and it never, it just didn't resonate. I was like, it's, it's cool though. It's really cool. Years later, I was listening to Johnny Cash. I got really into Johnny Cash's American series, the one through four mm-hmm. perfect albums. And he covered the mercy seat, which I didn't know was a cover, but I was like the mercy seat. That's a, that is the best song in the whole catalog of American one through four. And then I realized, Oh, this is a cover and it's, it's Nick cave. So yeah. I listened to tender prey that the album's off of, or that the song's off of and was just floored. And then it started. Then I was just like, Oh, good Christ. Like, yeah, this guy is fascinating because it's the all of that desperation and like, yeah, the humanity, like the, the really honest acknowledgement and like uh, portrayal of humanity that I love about emo music and like, you know, Midwest emo and all that shit. And goth rock, like The Cure, obviously Nick Cave was started to help start goth rock. Like that was very, he was very important to that. With From Her to Eternity, which was the next one that I checked out. Just fucking the song From Her to Eternity is heartbreaking and, and incredible. And just like it's about it's like Radiohead's creep in, con- <laughs> in the concept, but turned up to 11 of just like pure, like fetishizing a person that you know nothing about and like, you know, idolization and then, you know, losing and whatever. Then um, next was Murder Ballads, Murder Ballads. Hit me like a fucking truck. Stagger Lee's brilliant storytelling, like disgusting, makes you uncomfortable, but it has this like, you know, 
just super swagger to it, you know? And that's the dichotomy of Nick Cave is like his voice is so fucking chocolatey and fun to listen to, but he is challenging you, you know? But then it goes down easy because there's so many fucking grooves and just the instrumentation is so pretty. Um, I fell out of it a little bit after Murder Ballads. I just, I was, I just stopped listening to him for a while. Then my dad died. When when dad died, I went like just full force back into his discography, and the first thing I, because of Skeleton Tree, because you know I remember, like, maybe two or no three or four months after dad passed, which was super unexpected. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the people watching this as of right now are all of our friends, so they already fucking know. But in case there's any strangers who are enjoying this, you know. And, like it was super sudden and out of fucking nowhere and he was 55 you know it wasn't like he just well, not like theo vaughn or the 70 year old dad you know <laughs> like just it's you know it was out of nowhere it was sudden yeah. it was a tragedy we'll get into it another episode i bet you know oh yeah but um i remember two or three four months somewhere around there after i came to Polly, my older brother and i was just like remember that remember skeleton tree by nick cave like you listened to that whole thing didn't you he's like yeah man it's fucked man because now we're both on this level like dealing with this situation so it's like i'm gonna give it a shot and i listened to it and it changed my entire perspective of what i was going through Mm. like completely music we're both very i think susceptible to the emotions that music gives off also i want to say that i I looked it up, and you were right. He did fall mm. off a cliff. I'm not sure if he was doing acid. I couldn't find that. Yeah. But he also, his his eldest son... Also passed. Jethro also passed. Yeah. yeah. So Nick Cave lost two sons. He made this album, Skeleton Tree, that is just so fucking... It, it's brilliant, because it's simultaneously brutal and genuinely honest about what grief feels like it's not sugar-coated at all but it still somehow remains life-affirming and optimistic by the end of it that's something that i could not find in my writing at all was that even a tinge of like it's gonna be okay i was lost for like the first four months and then i listened to skeleton tree and it started me on a path of like i'm alive enough to at least write so let me start there. And then, you know, that's what really, and then I just, I just developed this deep affection for him through that album. And then, then I, then I went back and listened to the rest of his discography. And my favorite by far is Dig Lazarus Dig. Cause yeah, Dig, Dig Lazarus Dig, whole, that fucking album, hands, I mean, Skeleton Tree, I have that deep fucking connection to it because it like, you know, and I hate saying that saved my life about things, but you know, that was a, Ben, many that, things saved that, me. That one was a fucking big one. That was a big help at, at like, like crucial forks in your. Life. That one was a big one. You know that that helped, and and so I will always have that kinship and like connection to Skeleton Tree. But Dig Lazarus Dig is just fucking perfect because that album too. Like even before he had yeah. gone through what he'd gone through, he's had that mature level of that interpretation of the universe. It was already in. Him. You can hear it in his discography. He always had that resolve. Mm. And then when it was almost like you can hear his discography throughout it, him preparing for something like that to happen to him. And then it did, and he knew exactly what to say. Obviously, I'm sure that's not what fucking it actually yeah. felt like to go through it, but that's what it sounds well, like listening to Ironically, him. we did just think 
we you this blew your mind when I told you the thing about the universe not being locally real. Oh fuck! <laughs> I could you never know. But so off of you said some just Nick Cave the concept of Nick Cave and he's so in his own niche. Yeah, and it re- reminds me. So I've been making this like character chart for bands in kind of sort of that genre like grungy genre and so i don't what are the actual there's chaotic there's lawful and there's Uh, chaotic neutral or wait um x-axis is like there's like true neutral yeah x-axis is chaotic is is lawful neutral chaotic lawful neutral and chaotic Chaotic. and then and then y-axis is good neutral evil yeah Okay, so I, what I have so far, and I just started this, and that, mm, there's gonna be one every episode because we drinking this, we're drinking the so, seltzers. So, Nirvana is chaotic good, right? Because it's just honest. I don't know. Oh, give me a break! It, like the I know it's. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> we just if, started. When that. I think about. The lyricism and the morality behind Nirvana. I think that it is on the good side of things. I really think they were trying to like whether they cared or not. Like they, the one thing they all cared about as people is like at least not being an asshole. I think. Well, but that's them as people. Like definitely in Nirvana, there it is a mass. Well, there's no artist. I, I think, think that's a bad in the something world. Something that like, I've been getting really into is like, but in their music, it's about being assholes to assholes. Is how it feels like. Yeah, yeah, that is me. true. I just like their motives are obviously there is like a, a lot of their values in their music, of course, because there's like political. I mean, Polly, you know, that's a fucking rough one, but that's obviously yeah. coming from a place of like concern about those issues yeah but and that's them but i think the music itself put on the D alignment it reads to me more like of observations of these things so i would put it on chaotic neutral no i okay that's that's understandable i just i don't know i just have a feeling i just put it on chaotic good what are a couple tracks you think that put it more up to the good oh my god i know nothing off bleach yeah (laughs) but weirdly enough i think something in the way gives it a little bit for some reason points of good no that's true nothing off bleach heart-shaped box maybe but that's the only track off of in utero and it's a really basic one i honestly i i wouldn't say that raped me gives it more evil i don't think it does no it doesn't and so moving on the next band yeah so I'll, i'll concede chaotic good because I, I i do agree with that i just okay. like there's something about it seems a little bit more sinister you put it vibe. at chaotic what neutral i i said either one chaotic neutral if not okay and i haven't labeled chaotic neutral yet so i if we'll i find, if something I find better, a better one so what i do have is a lawful neutral and i have deftones at lawful neutral because no no i have them at lawful evil Okay, I have okay. Deftones at Lawful Evil okay, because the evil the evil is very self-explanatory the way that it's um like I don't know just the heaviness There's of it. There's a grime the to weight it. The to it especially on Around the Fur. Around the Fur is the most thing is the biggest one probably bringing it back. I their newest one in 2020 I forget the actual name of the album. It's like the gray one with I think the pair of eyes on it. But it's it's like 
it's beautiful darkness on that one. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way that it all lines up feels lawful to me. Like the mixes are super clean. You're right. Like the kick is like popping, but it's also it's like kind of rage against the machine on some of them. Yeah. And so I put that at lawful evil and then because i also already have a chaotic evil and that's butthole surfers because butthole surfers at their concerts used to take shotguns and shoot them off into the fucking (laughs) they used to take beer bottles and then throw them in the air and shoot them with shotguns right because butthole the butthole surfers which is a band i got into when i was young because it had the word butthole Butthole. in it which actually kurt cobain thought they're early their, I think their first album was, was like, like one a of the masterpiece. Greatest one yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we're also not making judgments about these bands and their alignments as people. It's like if the vibe of the music yeah. were like assigned to a D&D character, what would that be the alignment of that character? So, uh, so I have... Because that makes me definitely like lawful evil for ne- Deftones. Yes, of, yes. Because of and so, I Passenger it, for some reason is lawful evil. What's weird is I associate the board with colors and I have something called synesthesia, which is where when you hear right. music, when you hear auditory fucking information, you see colors, you perceive it as colors, like the signals between those two. You can associate no, yeah, the I colors extremely well. easy. Yeah. Wait, wait, what are your colors for Deftones? If you'd have to play me, it's more of an in the moment things. I don't, but I can tell you like to get the, the minute colors, but like the big ones, the big colors are like purple, like midnight black, like r- Probably, a, and and some like really deep green, for Deftones. Yeah, I get That's this like cool. forest green on the that bottom mine, of Deftones. Mine are, are super weird because I don't really get these two ever for music, but Deftones is like solid black and white for me. I don't know why. That actually a little a little bit. Like there's something so uh, visceral about them that just I see that like contrast. Yeah, you know, like uh, maybe it's just also the association with White Pony, but like, yeah, it, I, I just everything I hear is just black and white to and, me. It's just like this, I don't know. And maybe, book-ish. maybe this is a red light, green light thing, but with Nirvana, I get a brighter tone of green. The, Nirvana, I get camo. I a brighter tone of green. Yeah, not quite camo. I there's some, like they're different shades of brown and green for me for the traditional gram camo. Butthole but surfers for me there. is orange for some reason. Butthole surfers Super is orange. orange. Yeah. Yeah. It is orange and it's not quite cyan. It's like original Minecraft sheep wool cyan, like when they were like twelve colors of wool. Oh. It's like it's that like it's orange. like the orange. It's close to the blue that's on their actual album cover where they're sticking the pencil in the air. Interesting. Okay. It's All right. Close so we got it. lawful evil Deftones. I I agree with that one. Yeah. Butthole surfers chaotic evil. And Nirvana, Nirvana chaotic, chaotic good. good. Lawful good is Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Am I right? <laughs> Moving on. Matt said, Matt just said the W word. I'm sorry, dude. Because it's like, you can either only put them at lawful good or or chaotic evil. Listen, I didn't, ed- only- I didn't edit much out of the last podcast. I will fucking cut you. I will cut everything. Watch Unfortunately, your P's and Q's. we have to accept the fact that they are a band that exists. Why put, a, why put him in with what I'm already, like? Like, let it happen. Like, why throw Weezer in there? I didn't throw him in. They spoke through me. <laughs> it felt like the natural. I, I no. I literally. I didn't have that thought until I started saying the thought. Is that I thought? Well, for a lawful good, and then Weezer came right into my mind. 
that what's the uh, that that painting that I have up there is like kind of Nirvana. Oh yeah, no, yeah, the, the palette. Can't see the painting, but maybe I'll post a photo of it. It's yes on the Instagram. It's, yeah, account. yeah, it's the colors that we were talking about so, uh, for Nirvana. It's a beautiful painting. But genuinely, can you think of a better lawful good? Newsy soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just fucking around. Okay. So neutral goods probably ween. No, I haven't heard ween. You haven't heard Ween? I haven't heard of Ween. You haven't heard Ocean Man? Take me by the hand. Oh, that was... Of course, everybody's heard Ween then. Yeah, but fucking... Have you, oh, my favorite Ween song is My Party. I feel like I'm getting set up for these nuts jokes. No, you're not. You're not. This yeah, My Wiener. Like, my wiener. Some shit like that. Like, There's a Ween edge. song called My Party, and it's the most underrated Ween song ever. I haven't met a person okay. other than if they are That's specifically a Ween song. fan that knows this song. But, oh, God, it bangs, dude. It's about, like, swinger couples, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. what I deciphered from the lyrics. But it has the ripping sax solo. It's just singing about going to a party. And he's like, I had the best time at your party. All the meats were on golden platters. Succulent. He says succulent juices at one point, and that really hits me. I said, he said succulent juices, and I said, I said, oh, give me more of that shit. I am really- I'm a sucker for some... Succulence. Syllabic, like syllabic, uh, syllabic. It's it's, yeah. it's tantric. I love hearing people say words like succulent and juices in a song with a saxophone too. It's like that clip of that one fucker going like spagliato, prosecco with it. You know that clip? No. You haven't seen that clip? No. It's some fucking person. I think they're from Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Darcy. What? Darcy O'Queef. <laughs> I can't remember. It's it's the most fucking beautiful person in the goddamn world. And they're sitting on it much like this. And one of them, well, there's another person there who was like, what's your drink of choice? And this, and the fucker goes, oh, a Negroni, Spagliato with Prosecco in it. I know what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can you believe they put Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? They did not. What? Can you believe they did that? I can't believe they did Can that because they that? probably didn't. No, they, didn't, they did. They really did that. They really fucking put, put Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones. I was watching fuck? season whatever it was when it came out, and I was I was sitting in the living room, and I was like, "Is that is that Ed Sheeran?" That's insane. And it it's like doesn't it doesn't work for the reason that they didn't cast yeah. Harry Styles as Elvis. Because no, <laughs> why, why would they do that at all? They they auditioned him, and the reason really? half the reason it didn't work is because I I don't you know I think obviously Austin Butler was better for the part, but the whole time no one in that theater was going to be thinking that's Elvis. Everyone in the theater is going to be thinking that's Harry Styles as Elvis. That's true. Well, honestly, that's kind of the, the so... shot in the foot of like, don't worry, darling. Yeah. I didn't even see it, but like that's what everyone kept talking about. It's like, it's Harry Styles. Acting. It's just, it's just distracting. Yeah, it's it's Emma Darcy. Okay, Emma Darcy. I don't know what they're from. I and and this is, I feel like a fucking asshole, but they are so fucking 
gorgeous, like like a, a crafted person. Like this makes me believe in intelligent design. Is people that look like this. English actor. Truth Seeker. The right. House of the Dragon. They're from House of the Dragon. The the Game of Thrones thing. The okay. spinoff. I haven't seen the. That's the new one, right? Yeah, I haven't even seen Game of Thrones. Oh wow, you'd probably like it. Just watch like the first half of it. You know the ending wasn't the worst. Shoot me, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't so dumb. I can't believe I'm talking about this. Literally, like 30 minutes ago, I was with Muddy Rabbit, the band, and they were all telling me to fucking watch Game of Thrones. Oh, wow! And they were just like, but they all said the ending blew dog dick shit out of the balls of Christ. They said it was the worst (laughs) thing ever. Hey, yo, Mr. Christ. I love when people recommend hey, you yo, a thing. Hey, yo, Mr. Christ. <laughs> I, uh, I want to confess to uh, my sins, yo. Jesse, we have to fast. Jesse. <laughs> hey, yo, uh, Mr. Christ. You know what my least favorite thing is? When people recommend you a thing and then start telling you all the things that they hate about it as a fan. And I'm like, like, they're like, oh, you got to check out Game of Thrones. You got to check out Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, no, the ending fucking sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, they're selling you. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I hate that. Uh, you mentioned succulents. I am so into fucking plants. Oh yes, I am so into plants, and I want to get more into it. But like, I used, I would sit and research. I know, like, th- I know so much shit about plants. I fucking love them, and I think that plants have been so beneficial, just for my mental health. And I no, yeah. highly recommend anyone. Who has any mental health issue at all, even baseline level shit, to go and that's every, learn about yeah, plants and try and take human. care of them. That's like every, every human. human, take take care of a plant, please. It's so rewarding. I I gave my, I give my plants names. I give my plants pronouns. That's true. I give my my plants fucking pronouns. Yeah. Ladorius, he they. Are you kidding? Yeah, Ladorius is a beautiful little plant. Gollum Jade on that one. That's I love right. the golem jade on that. You know, it's interesting because I think I'm receiving signs right now that I need to purchase some sort of plant. Like the Mel Gibson movie? What's signs. Phoenix? Signs. Oh, yeah. I had this, I have this memory of signs of being in like a restaurant with my parents and being, I was, I was very young. And you know, when you're in a restaurant with your parents, when you're very young, you get kind of, maybe this is just the touch of autism that I have speaking, um, being on the spectrum. <laughs> But I would just get incredibly anxious and disassociative and not know how to talk to people. Yeah, and you also get like like there's no more nothing feels longer than when you're done with your meal and you're sitting in a restaurant with your parents as a little yeah. kid. Also like, that's so goddamn be, boring. Not to be I am I'm genuinely on we are both genuinely Oh yeah, no, we both actually spectrum. are. We have autism spectrum. Yeah. Um but I'm sitting there and I disassociated so hard that I started looking around like into nothingness and I, I caught a glance of the the TV above like right above the table that we were sitting at and I have no idea who we were sitting with or who was there or what the fuck was going on and then my parents were there and I looked up and it was signs what restaurant I, a Mexican restaurant <laughs> they're just playing signs I think and I think it was a Mexican restaurant and signs was on the TV and I watched it from start to finish <laughs> through the captions, <laughs> like the subtitles that they have because they don't have any sound oh on them. God. And in the background, it's just like, listen, 
and that's I'm so just, funny because I first watched The Sixth Sense with no sound fucking, in a Chinese restaurant. And my mom's like, "What are you looking at?" Oh. Alan, <laughs> Braveheart. <laughs> Is that the best way to watch M Night Shyamalan movies? It's with no sound at a restaurant, like from six tables away. No, but that's the way, the best way to interact with Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> with no sound oh. and from six tables away. <laughs> God, I forgot he's in that. That's one of my favorite movies. I, I love Signs. I think I'm too close to the mic. I'm like, I think I'm peeking it a lot. I think M. Night Shyamalan, I love M. Night Shyamalan, truly. Obviously, he has the like horrible movie arc like in the middle of his career, but I think that makes him kind of charming. I really liked Avatar. No. When it came out. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. But I actually, I think I, I watched it not too long ago. I think it gets shit. I think that movie is fantastic looking. Mm-hmm. I think no. it is in another realm. Like the amount of like it's beautiful. It is a beautiful film to look at. I admit it was a little weird when they fucked under that tree, but it made sense for the world. The universe. Avatar James Cameron's Avatar. No, with the blue. Yes, that is James Cameron's Avatar. Yeah, it's a great Cameron's movie. Avatar. I'm talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar the Last, Last Airbender. Airbender. Oh yeah. Okay. I I was like I really like <laughs> Avatar. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it was a little weird when they fucked great. into that tree, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I was I like. Think you got the wrong Avatar movie, bro. <laughs> oh. oh my god. When fucking Aang and oh god, oh I can't even say that they're children. <laughs> well, not in the. What's the name of the other one? Like the. It's about the the girl. Cora, Legend of Cora. Cora. God, I keep fucking up the Taj. <sighs> Dude. Sorry. This is the Lego set of the Taj Mahal. You can't see it with the glare of the salt lamp, but. Don't fuck with my Legos, bro. Don't fuck with my Taj. Uh, I'll tell the t- Yeah, sure. tell the Taj Mahal. When I was a lad. When I was a Finished? Yes. What is when I was, I, I want to grab it. Yeah, just yeah, my my knife. I don't. Know, I just saw it looked like shiny. I wanted to touch it. Okay, that's yeah. I get that. Um, yeah. When I was a lad, me and my dad would go to the park and play catch all day. Now everything has changed. Something about the way people fade. Dude, I'm sorry. I just went into song lyrics that I wrote. Um, when I was but a wee fellow, mm-hmm. my grandma for Christmas gave me this Lego catalog and said circle anything that maybe piques your interest for you know Mm. so i know what to get you for christmas and i would go through the catalog and she never updated it It was the same catalog that i had for maybe eight years right and i would go through and i'd circle what i liked and i'm sure she just went on amazon and but she didn't order from the catalog you don't think no, no. Yeah, I'd like to place an order from your catalog from eight years ago. Grandmas do that shit. Really? Maybe. maybe. Well, that's well. Actually, I have never ever met a person that has ever ordered thing from a magazine. Anyways, I would circle a lot of like small ones because that was just you know realistic, realistic, realistic. and but the the coup de gras. <laughs> You were very pragmatic, young young lad. Was lad. was the Taj Mahal? I'd see it. It was like they had a whole diorama. It was a two pager. It was a full oh, spread. Fuck a two pager. It was a full spread. Good Christ! 
kind of thing. And so I was just like, I got to circle it because you never know. I circled it every year. The page was more Sharpie than it was Taj Mahal and <laughs> Taj comma Mahal. And I Taj never. Point oh. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about Taj point? Oh, no, we that's... can't. Can you quack? Can God, you quack? what a and... fucking nightmare. Between <laughs> so the, it was more Sharpie than it was Mahal comma Taj. And I never got it. And. Uh, my lovely, my lovely girlfriend. I was in a Target with her. Your girlfriend is lovely. She is a lovely woman. And we were in a Target, and I was telling her this story because I went down the Lego aisle, and she was trying to like, come on, you know, come on, give come back, and I'm just like, oh, Legos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, and She's I like, f- I'm trying to have sex with you. Like, come on, I'm trying to fuck me in the dress. I'm going to be like, Legos. <laughs> She's trying to go to the candle aisle. It was Target, bro. Oh. Be realistic. But I, I started freaking out because I saw the Lego set there in person. Yeah, that's nuts. And I I freaked out, you know, a little bit. And I, I said, one day I'm going to buy this and I'm going to put it together and it's going to be so healing. And... <laughs> For my birthday, she uh, she she gifted it to me. That's and so fucking. The baller. fucking crazy thing is that it from the, your childhood. The ex- it has two thousand and twenty two pieces, which is the exact year that yeah. it was That's given true. to me. Yeah, and what it a was fucking G, dude. Unbelievable experience. Ugh. Oh God, I'm so lonely. Oh my God, your girlfriend's <laughs> so fucking cool. <sighs> I'm so lonely. Zach's girlfriend is like just the fucking most beautiful person I've ever goddamn seen. And she's so good at she's just so talented. Ugh. You know, by contrast, I was telling you this story earlier. Was that um every year around fall time, I would make it a fucking point to mention to my now ex partner that all I've ever really wanted to be gift I'm not a gift receiver. A huge gift giver, like I am too. Those, you, right? Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I'm a like a top, I guess, in the gift giving dynamic. You gotta wear the sock. E, e, what? <laughs> <laughs> the sock from a couple Christmases ago. The pre-beard. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Peps Michael. That's okay. I'm gonna put a pin in that and address that as soon as I'm done with this with story because that's that is fucking hilarious. But um. Okay, like I had, I, w- I was with a partner for four years. Um, one of the worst goddamn people I've ever met. <laughs> like I'll just <laughs> I'll just say it. Holy fuck, this person was the worst. But um, the um, every year around fall, <laughs> they would always ask. I'm bad. I'm I, I love giving gifts. That's one of my my love language. It's my is expressing is gift giving. You know, and words of affirmation. I don't really receive that like my love language to receive is physical touch and words of affirmation so when people ask me what what i want for my birthday or christmas i was always like "Eh, give me some soap or something i don't know i just like i hate putting pressure on people to give me gifts but there was like it was maybe my third christmas i had ever celebrated because i was raised jehovah's witness you know so i'm like post leaving the church like third christmas you know my first christmas with this partner and they're like, what do you want for Christmas? I want to make it special. I want to, you know, you've only had two Christmases before. I want to make this the best one you've ever had. 
Good, nice thought. <laughs> and um, I always said the same goddamn thing, was that I wanted my favorite band of all time is Counting Crows. They had a concert called Live at Town Hall, where they did the entirety of August and Everything After their full album, in full. And they did it. They extended some songs long enough through like improv sections and vamps and these insanely super expressive like almost just like spoken word poetry bits and these versions of these songs and that show is fucking phenomenal like it makes me cry every time i put this tape on it makes me fucking cry and all i wanted was like i want the dvd i just want that dvd like just get me the collector's edition of that dvd for christmas that it's like 50 dollars, you know and it comes with the cd for the car and a dvd of it and a blu-ray you know yeah it's like that's all i really wanted said that to I said that to them in like the fall and then Christmas came around and I didn't get it. And then every year preceding, I, and I, and I made, I, I remember we had a conversation that was maybe 15 minutes where I talked, described this record to my partner because I'm like fucking crazy. That's all I, I info dump, you know, like how important that record is, but then also specifically that live album of the record, you know, we talked about it in depth and then I, we ended that conversation with me saying like, that's all I, that's, if anyone ever buys me that for my birthday or Christmas, I'm fucking marrying them at the, uh, you know, like that is the best gift I could yeah, ever yeah, receive. Because you were traumatized. And every year they would be like, what do you want for Christmas? And I would say, you know, and they would go, what? And they never gave it to me. And I never brought it up again because I didn't want to just be like, hey, that's what I want. I remember them saying that. Why you? I don't know what, and you seemed like so upset about it, and I just didn't know what was going on. Because I was just like, I was sad. We got risk to play. I was like, listen, we got risk to play. Yeah, we were playing risk. Bless, bless their heart. What was the thing we put a pin in? The sock. The sock. And then I got a truly the best talk Christmas gift Gavin. I've ever received. That's cap. I did not. I oh oh sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> that is not true. I did not give you the best Christmas present. No, it might be. Well, my uh, <laughs> you really cringe that hard at you just saying cap. Yeah, that's bad because I say that all the time. Yeah, but it's cute when you do it, and it's like, God, oh, it's cap when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> no shot. I started saying no shot because of you, like three days ago, saying no shot. Yeah, I say that too much. Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry. No, I'm Infected cool with you it. with my nomenclature of like... My nomenclature. My nomenclature. It's it's like half internet. It's half like like TikTok English and half like all the fucking philosophy books I read, which is a oh, abysmal I'm, I'm fucking... Really, I want to talk about Albert Camus soon. Oh, that'd be well, sick. I'm getting into... Yeah, well, I, would, well, I want to do a whole episode just on our fucking like religious... Okay. Beliefs and larger, where we're at. Larger pin. The fucking current pin that we're on. Sock. Probably, maybe, I'll say top five Christmas gifts I've ever received. That's sweet. I'm glad. <laughs> Zach gave me a pair of socks custom made. You know what a sock looks like. I don't know why I leaned into my mouth. A sock. <laughs> you gave me a... Um... Okay, and it was uh, <laughs> just icons. No, 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 no. You gotta give the backstory. No, I, I will, I will. <laughs> but like, it's there. It's a, it's a pair of orangish red socks, which is icons of people. Yeah, like shit quality printing on these socks of icons of people's heads, and the heads were three people, 
but in multiple prints of it. So it'd be like the three heads and then just over and over again. (laughs) And the heads were uh, a a picture of John Petrucci from from Dream Theater, the guitarist of Dream Theater, uh, without his beard, like early days Dream Theater. A picture of the keyboardist of Dream Theater uh, before he went bald, Jordan Rudis, and then a picture of Michael Jackson. (laughs) It was just Uh, those three. After full vitiligo. Yes, yes. Little Igo, sorry. Yeah, like like new age Michael Jackson. And uh <laughs> the the fucking stupidest story behind this was because I have a shitload of Dream Theater shirts because this is my dad's favorite band. It's one of my favorite bands as well. I really like they're like one I don't know. They're great. They're I fucking love great Dream Theater. Whatever. We'll talk about that in the albums thing. But shitload of Dream Theater shirts I have. And um one of them for the tour of Scenes from a Memory, one of their albums. There's uh, all of them standing there. Well, first is like pre-beard Truch. So like John Petrucci, famous beard, beautiful beard, legendary beard. There's the every picture of him without his yeah. beard is strange and very early, and he yeah. also is young. Yeah. So uh, when I bought my headphones, I bought I was with you when I bought my pair so of headphones. Chuck Norris, no beard. Yes, yes, exactly. They're famous beards. I bought my headphones. They're a pair of Beats that I mix most of my music on. I was with you when I bought them. In the Beats app, you can name your pair of headphones so that every time it pairs, it says the name of your headphones. And I named mine Pre-Beard Church. <laughs> like Pre-Beard, John Petrucci, Pre-Beard Church. We kept just referring to him as Pre-Beard Church when we were trying to reference albums in that era. Like pre- oh pre beard church is yeah. this pre beard church dream theater yeah or post beard church. church and then Jordan Rudis fell into that of pre bald Rudis or post bald Rudis which I think pre bald Rudis is weirder the, than pre beard church yeah post, because it's yeah, no like, pre beard or pre bald Rudis is interesting because it's like an addition of something is the pre yeah you know what i mean yeah, so it's like pre-beard yeah, church yeah. is john petrucci before his beard which was a thing that was added on to him pre-balderunus it's like bald it's was a thing that was added yay. instead of hair taken away it was, he added bald but then, of course, the Pepsi incident with Michael Jackson when he got his hair lit on fire. <laughs> the Pepsi commercial. Well, we, we were referring to well, Michael I, we Jackson. Were, we were in the car and we were talking about pre beard church and pre bald Rudis. And I was like, we're one away from a holy trinity. I said, we're one away from a holy trinity. And I started referencing some song from Michael Jackson. And I said, this was like, I was, or I was talking about Michael Jackson because this is around the time that documentary came out. And I was talking about something. I was like, yes, th- there was this thing he did actually. And it was in the, like the Pepsi era when he was with Pepsi. And I said, post Pepsi Michael. <laughs> I said, post Pepsi Michael. And then it, I immediately, my brain with the train of post blank, blank, post blank celebrity, or like pre blank, like, like post blank noun celebrity, like in the, it's the, 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 it, yeah, that's it the, went the, to the that. most obscure template of an inside and joke I, so we have. We've it's just, got, so it's, it's the Holy Trinity is pre beard truths, pre bald rudis and, and post peps Michael. Michael. And, and so, so he we, put the three of their faces on the sock for me in socks <laughs> and I have this pair of socks in my house. And then, like, when I first opened it, it was the funniest thing because I was like, 
that's Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater, John Petrucci from Dream Theater, and Michael Jackson. And so I'm like, oh, that's the weirdest shit ever. That's hilarious. And it took me a second before I realized, like, oh, my God. Yeah, the po- it's the post-priest stupid shit. Like, that's the three of them. It's Pope's, Pep's, Mike, pre-bald Rudis, and pre-beard Truch. It's a mouthful. Ah, God, that was such a stupid story. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> And you gotta wear the sock next time. I well, won't. it's down to one no, sock. No, it's down to one. I lost. <laughs> you lost one in the. Move. I moved. Yeah, I moved this year, and I couldn't find this fuck. And that's genuinely like the only thing I lost I, in the move. Who do you is think? This one sock. Who do you think has the sock? Like Maynard. <laughs> no, the, no, it's so I don't fucking know where the goddamn it went. Like, cause it's not like I lost a. I didn't lose a single thing in this move. I was so proud of myself, but I lost one sock, not a pair of socks. I lost a sock. And so now, instead of, I can't wear them, obviously, I guess I could wear one sock and then just like another goofy one. But like the sock is pinned on my wall. It hangs up on my wall. Picture of two Dream Theater members and Michael Jackson. Yeah. Not. Um, mm-hmm. And next to the Carl Jung action figure. Next to, yeah, <laughs> action figure of Carl Jung. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't be super. I wouldn't really want to wear a pair of socks with Michael Jackson's face on it, regardless. Post leaving Neverland. Post leaving Neverland, Michael. It's ignorant. Ignorant. I I think um, Michael Jackson's one of the greatest creative minds Michael of our Jackson's generation. One of the most is maybe the most talented person ever. Well, that that's that's gnarly. I don't know about that. I do. I gen- genuinely, like, at, uh, one of the best singers of all time. Mm. And in this the field of pop music and not, like, you know, like, theatrical dance styles, jazz, right, ballet, right. all that. One of the best dancers of all time, if not the best, in as an artist who That's gets up on true. a stage and sings and plays for concerts and does venues and sells records. Yeah, also just the his best stamina dancer. as a performer is The best show. I ever. would honestly, I would like put Prince on the level at, of Michael Jackson. Prince though. was a musical, more of a musical genius. He did every instrument and every, like he just did it all. It just yeah. Michael Jackson was just kind of this other specialty of it. But, but he you're definitely, right. he you're definitely right. did it though. You're right. Michael Jackson's guilty in my opinion. Thousand percent. <laughs> no shit. Just ignorant. No, no, they don't know. It's ignorant. It's South. I don't know. Watch the damn documentary and make up your own mind. But goddamn, there's no fucking way in hell he didn't do that. Watch the South Come Park on. episode first. Well, that's that's the problem. He did probably. Yeah. Oh. He did come. I think the probably um, most genuine heartbreaking like moment of like separate the artist from the art type you know cancel situation let's not go there that ever, well let's... no no i'm talking about like artists that i love that got canceled okay we're going there yeah it's not what you know i'm not saying they didn't deserve it like like kanye asada oh my god yeah fuck don't even i thought that's where we were going. no i wasn't talking about kanye what were you talking about michael jackson no i was talking about jesse lacy from brand new oh, the lead singer know. brand new that was the only situation um that was the only artist that was important to me that got that got outed as being a fucking horrible person. You loved Kanye. Uh, yes, but like that was a lot of a for me that was such a slow burn. 
It was like 2016, you knew he wasn't the guy you wish he was. You knew that, at least. And then, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, yeah, he's extreme. Like, like this is a real fucking thing. He is actually insane and kind of evil and, you know, a Nazi. That's that. The Kanye thing absolutely hurt. That sucks ass. But, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, any artist. I have happened to have been fortunate enough to... None of my favorite artists ended up being horrible people, except Jesse Lacey. That that one fucked me up. That one made me I really had, sad. I have terrible news. I had um, a musician who I met and played with who I won't say their name, but they are very big. They've, they've played with, you know, like, People like Billy Joel, Elton John, like those level of people toured mm. with them and been their guys, been around the block. No, this person knows like everybody. And like the sad reality of it is that they all are somewhat in that realm difficult from what I've heard. Yeah. For, to that person's personal experience, pers- like I, I'm also not naming any artists. I'm also not naming any specific artists. But, but it is more of a thing of like, very large hey, popular artists are all. Oh to some yeah, no, no, yeah. Not I mean, there's kind, an awareness of that. Yeah, not kind. Yeah. Well, it's more of like a thing of. It's news when a person ends up being a good person in Hollywood. That, yeah. You know, that's new. Like, it's like, hey, like you know, so and so is actually the a names really I'm using cool. Are just a means to you know? an end. I, I don't, yeah, yeah. The yeah. specifics, I don't the, um, the Obviously, you know, it's not on mass. All celebrities are as bad as, you no. know, the people who deserved me too. But but on mass, they all are pretty fucking shitty. And well, it's, yeah. it's a story when one of them is good, you know? D- Dave like, Grohl is amazing. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Fantastic things about Dave Grohl. Yeah. Also, his Hot Ones interview. I mean, I know it's all superficial, but like that seemed like a peek into someone's soul, and it's a good one. Hot Ones is weird that way, right? Doesn't it seem intimate? The spice. Is there really a secret in a spice with that? You think the spice? Dude, I make hot it? sauces, and I can tell you. I mean, you've you've had tons of experience with spicy food. You know that one's like, that that cracks you open a little bit. Yeah, like for certain. Yeah. No, that <clears throat> we should do some spicy shit on the podcast. I used to. Drink. I used to because that last dab shit. Yeah, I would fucking. I've seen for you do an it. Impressive factor. It's fun. It is impressive. It works. It, <clears throat> so it's a horrible. It it's a horrible. Te- it's a. It's this tension because of like as soon as you see you know you do that it's so hot I just want you to go down on me, immediately. But then also your mouth is full of hot sauce. What? You know what I mean. <laughs> Well, you're doing it to impress people, and I'm saying like that's a panty dropper. You fill your mouth with the last dab, and they're like, "Oh, get down there, boy!" But then you're like, "Oh, wait, but there there is last dab in their mouth." Cool. <laughs> cool. Can't can't say I'm in that boat, but I gladly will watch you set sail. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. Do we want to talk about gammon? Not today. Okay. There's a game that we made. It's big. 
Yeah, let's honestly I, I, episode I three get it copyrighted before we talk about it. I want to get that shit copyrighted. It's so open that like the copyright would only include the. Like, we can't even get into it. Trust, trust me. Trust, I'm getting that shit. I'm putting that shit in. But like the point is, if we were to like, there would be a version of our game. It would be customizable to to two other best friends. Like you do this with your best friend, and you you create it like that. that. Spike ball. What is spike ball? That thing that Mormons are always like they got the ball and they hit the it's on the net on the ground and they kind of spike it to each other. Yeah, Mormons that, do that. I've just I, and I know a lot of Mormon people who are really big into it. You a lot you know a lot of Mormon people. I did. I've met a few. Yes. Wait, wait. This is hold on. Wait, you just hit me with like nine things right now. I really didn't. Okay, no, 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 general. On. Okay, general. Just scratch all that. Scratch yeah, all yeah, that. I just got Spike, that shit. Spike Ball is a game that is huge. It was a Shark Tank product, and it was like the whole rules of the game are to create your own rules and have all the players agree on the rule set. Oh, gotcha. So it's really patentable. Right. I right. promise you. And back when you were a Mormon, you used to play this with all your Mormon buddies. Well, I when I went to school, the, the teacher would break it out at recess sometimes when I was in elementary. Uh, and we'd play spike ball. And just I when I grew up and realized that all the kids I played spike ball with were really just of religious faith. That's It was just a coincidence. Is it a coincidence? Though? It was a fun game. I wonder, like, the um, board game preferences of different religious sects. <laughs> oh, okay. You okay. know, well, I think Protestants would be super into Monopoly. I think I think chess is just a... It's, God, it's God's game. Chess is like a Roman Catholic. That's what like, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, right. And then you get um, into... Uh, um, Checkers. This is... Check. I feel like this is a th- this is a fine line here. That sorry, we're sorry, is Baptist. <laughs> no, sorry, he's Catholic. Sorry, he's Catholic. <laughs> that's that's more accurate. Yeah, the guilt. <sighs> life is like Buddhist. The game of life. Uh, you're you're so good at this. I'm sorry. Wait, I know a lot of board games. So I know a lot of I'm religions. Try, I, I'm just trying <laughs> to think of I, my brain gets fixated on one. I think risk, and then I like cycle, and I can't decide. Oh, risk is like like white Anglo-Saxon I'm, Protestant. I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm, I can't think religions. I can only think like ideologies for risk. <laughs> <laughs> what is risk? Absurdism. I don't know. <laughs> Not no, absurdism. No, no. Absurdists are too cool to play fucking to sit through risk. Um, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Um, oh, man, this is fun. Wait, what about um, fucking board games like Jenga? What about um, Trouble? Trouble. Lutheran. Define Lutheran. <laughs> Lutheran, uh, the faith Lutherans, like, a lot of them, they're, they're party Christians. They're really sick, most of them. Really good people. Okay. They're, a lot of them believe in, like, salvation by faith, um, not works, and then some of them take it to such an extreme, extreme degree that they believe in, like, universal salvation uh-huh. to where, like, eventually everyone's going to heaven, you know? And, like, your entire life on this plane is just to kind of 
you own this like I, I talked to a faith Lutheran who um, went to the Unitarian Church I, I was attending, and he was explaining to me that like he believes that his purpose in this world is to spite the devil, you know. He's like my my belonging in this you know in existence is in heaven. I'm going there, and everyone is. So it's like, why not just give up now in this you know life if you know you're going to heaven? And his answer to that is like, this life is is a is like sandbox mode, like the way he was viewing it. Obviously, you know, not a monolith, but who's. Are are we gonna save? You said monolith, and then I started thinking about two thousand one, and then I'm like, Stan, well, Stan Stanley Kubrick's my favorite director. Really? Yeah. That's a good choice. And I had not seen Eyes Wide Shut yet, and I did the other night, and then it's like phenomenal, three right? days, it was very good. Um, not my favorite Kubrick film by a long shot. Not my favorite. Have you seen Lolita? Film. But it is a masterpiece, and no, I have not. That's a rough, one. rough watch, but it is extremely good. I've watched Clockwork Orange like seven times. Yeah, that's and I've, like perfect I've movie. figured like it took me so long to like get all like the whatever meaning I could put to mind. Yeah, it's a perfect goddamn movie. But dude. yeah, I I really think the last watch I really understood it. But um, like, and I'm I was in the car the other day and I heard a song that was just like a, a kind of a jokey song. Like, let me in. And the intro's just like, uh, let me in, let me in. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this is a girl's party. What's the password? And they were like, Fidelio. And I was like, that's, that's the thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want That's funny. And I'm freaking out in the car and the people driving me are like, okay. Oh man, I can't wait to do the fucking film episode now. I had no idea your favorite director was Kubrick. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Kubrick Chad. Yeah, you would you would enjoy Lolita. It's a very disgusting film. It's uncomfortable, but it's uh, beautiful. Well done. Oh my God, talk about Catsick Blues. Uh, in the film one or right now? Right now, right now. That's fine. We'll bring it up again later. But... Okay, Catsick Blues is a fucking film I found. I was subscribed to a magazine called Cinema Sewer, and they would send you obscure horror films or recommend. Not they wouldn't just send you the film. They would send you recommendations of the whatever. And one came across my <laughs> inbox called Catsick Blues. And this film, I've been, I, I just, one of my favorite YouTubers, nah, not one of my favorite, but a good a YouTuber I, I watched for a while in Utubach. Um, may, he was, he's, he, reveal, he reviews primarily like Grindhouse and like dirty fucking rough films, you know, whatever, that's what he does. And um, he was in the movie, I heard. And so I was like, okay, that's that's fascinating. I want to watch. And he plays like himself in the movie. He like there's a scene where they're watching movie reviewers in the movie, and he's in it. And um, as that intrigued me, so I ordered the film without any other knowledge of it. It's called Catsick Blues. This film feels like something you should not be seeing. It feels like when you watch it, it's an accident. Like, like real quick, I'm gonna interrupt the moment of the story. We do this thing where we go to. The this, this we always meet up at kind of the same, same place in our town, the downtown. Yeah, in downtown Maynardville, we we always meet up in downtown Maynardville and watch these movies in my car. Because night. your car has like the, the yeah, it's it's like screens in the back seats, like for yeah. kids. But yeah, we watched this movie in my car in an abandoned like parking. Yeah, lot. right, right. So it was like really kind of like what the fuck? Yeah, it was a, it was already a vibe. A vibe. It was already a vibe. 
And this movie, um, yeah, it just it comes, you know, like painting the, the whole scene of it. You come, it comes in the mail, and you open it up, and it's just this picture of a dude with a cat mask. Something came in the mail today. So, um, it, it just, you rip it open, and it's just picture of a dude with a big cat mask on it, and blood all over the fucking, you know, like blood splatter effect on it. it just said cat sick blues. Turn it on the back. One of the most horrific images I've ever seen is on the back of just like a woman. Her, I watch a lot of fucked up movies, so it's it, very grind. It, it's grindhouse, like it's a grindhouse. It's not like fucking like something, you know, like oh my good lord. It's not like Serbian film or some shit. It's just a grindhouse horror film, but like, you know, just the way it just comes in the mail, and I'm like, I had no, no knowledge of it, and I just turn it on the back, and it's just a picture of a woman. Like with her mouth slit this way and upward as well, like it, she had been like drilled in the face, and then just all the credits, all the reviews, you know, more pictures of the dude in a cat mask. It's like kind of cute and like funny. I'm like what the fuck? It looks so fascinating. Put it in. The movie is first of all, the movie is extremely triggering. Don't watch it. <laughs> no, no, don't watch it if you have ever had anything bad happen to you ever. It's it's trigger it's it's triggering, it's also like a little bit distasteful, like to a degree. You know, it's not. It's brutal. It, it's brutal, and it's not delicate at all with some of the more sensitive triggering aspects of it. Not obviously not talking about the violence, but uh, just some of it. It is extremely sexually violent. Yes, it's to be blunt. Yeah, there, like there's a scene in particular. It's not like the movies about this. You a know, little. it's just like. Yeah, I guess you're right. God damn. Yeah, it is. Come on. Well, it's about it thematically. I mean, it, thematically. It's not like this is a thing that the movie is. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like Serbian film is like, that's the film. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a scene in this that is referenced in the emotional arc of a character. You know? That is an important element to the story. And it's not done great. You know? It's not done super delicately, but it, you can tell their point is genuine, you know, with it. So... You know, a benefit of the doubt, I think. It's uh, not a problematic film at all. It's just, like, it, it could have been handled better. That aside, the movie is just this balls-to-the-wall, like, you can tell there's so much love and passion and joy in the project, like, from the people making it. And it was it's so fun to watch up until, you know, those certain scenes. And and but it's also terribly fucking acted. Dialogue's pretty damn good actually, but but it's just bad bad acted. Lighting's weird, you know. Blood looks amazing. The the practical effects look incredible. And and so you're just enjoying this shitty grindhouse fucking fun thing where it's just like the you know watching this people's passion project and these kids. Then there are two scenes in the movie that make me question the entire thing's existence because they are so fucking good. Out of nowhere. Like, you know what two scenes I'm talking about. Yes, I do. It will, the movie, like, dead stops. And then there's just this scene that's like, if, like. I remember watching it. it and was, you just like, jaw on the what? floor. Like, why is this in here? It's like if Nicholas Winding Refn made a slasher film. And it's just this beautifully scored, beautiful, and, and it, it, there's a song. It's not scored. It's a soundtrack. It's a song that's in it. And everything stops. It's this beautiful, like, 
trance dream pop like synthcore ballad going over this beautiful cat costume and he's murdering these people in a hostel in slow-mo and the lighting is pristine and there is like blood effects happening to the rhythm of the song you know there's this certain and also the song is like very very gentle and beautiful like, like i listen to the song outside of the con- it's a song that's strong enough to be it's kubrick easily separated yeah, from yeah. the context of this movie even though you heard it from the movie it's hard to you know but the song is good enough where i listen to it and i don't think of catsick blues because that's it's so fucking captivating this song it's called um repulsion by uh mr bishi and you know he's playing Mr. Beastie. Mr. Beastie. Yeah. Anyway, can't remember what got me on this film, but like, if you um, if you have the stomach for it, and if you're into grindhouse films, definitely check out Catholic Blues. But next you know, time. it is a triggering film. I don't know if we have time for it, but next time I want to talk about. I want to talk about. We do this thing. We go to Walmart. We get like bad B and C movies. We watch them, and the last one we watched, well, I. We can start next time with this. I think next time maybe we do the film episode. Mm-hmm. So next episode, look out. Probably going to be film. But, oh my God, it's called Sky Sharks. Oh my God, yeah. We and watch Sharknado-esque movies that we find in the value bin at Walmart. Yes, it's called Sky Sharks. And the cover of it was just what got me because it was a, a shark flying through the air with a giant swastika on the side of it. And yeah, I, that was I fucked. picked up the movie and I looked at the side, the back of the box, and the description was Nazi zombies, flying sharks. What more could you ask for? And I was like, okay. And we watched it. And even going in, having all that information, and I'm sure you can imagine what this yeah. film would be like. Nothing could have prepared me Nothing for what could have we watched. Fucking prepared, the first, yeah. the first ten minutes of that film, we sat on the couch and went, "Oh my god!" No. It set the tone so fucking perfectly. Like even though it was a shit tone, it was a shit color. Like yeah, it's it, the, it, it, the first ten minutes of the film embodies it. It's the, like- I will never forget. There's this scene. I, that's all I'll say, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. But he, the, a shark launches a net out of its like mouth or something. It's a flying robot Nazi zombie shark that was frozen in like the Titanic. Yeah, right. That's been resurrected by like fucking Dolph Lundgren, and like <laughs> he shoots a net, and it does this bad CGI Spy Kids three animation of the shark shooting in that, and this, the net makes a swastika right in the middle of the screen. And it like stops on it, and then it like ca- and then it and it sticks to the side of a plane. And also, it blows a hole in the side of the plane, and things don't suck out of the plane. That was the first thing I noticed about, you know, it was that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. But I mean, like, yeah, no, that wasn't even like a that was like Sharknado shitty movie guilty pleasure. Yeah, we will. But like five minutes. It's 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 like the Sharknado, you know, esque scene of movies, but to the degree of like the high concept of it. Is what takes it over. It's just like like oh. that in CI Ape. CI Ape was which not good, which a, was a kids movie. Which the funny thing about CI Ape is not a single ape pun. Not a single. It's ape not pun. you think it's a movie about a fucking very ape, few banana ape references in, even either. It, um, it, yeah, Minions has more. You think it's like <laughs> a, C, a CEI a CIA movie about an ape that's a spy? 
nope. Really, it's a movie about divorce that happens yeah. to have an ape in it. It's just, dude, oh my god. Okay. The, the B movies that we go into, the horror movies are always the same. They're always, like, the Sky Sharks, yeah, they're all like this, what the fuck am I watching, ha The kids movies are the ones that really make your head... <laughs> like the be- the off-brand kids movies, like the like like the fucking fake Shrek and CIA, those ones and the, the, those ones freak me out. Well, They're like, what? That's I think that's a good place to start for next time. The B movies, absolutely. The B movie script, Brent mm-hmm. Daniel. I'm, I I had a post on Facebook Wait, that oh. said the funniest thing is the Nut Shack, but every time it says the Nut Shack, it's B Brendan Daniel's reading of the B movie script. I thought that was so funny. I, I want to end with one more thing since we're on the topic. Yeah, actually, gross films. I I watched Terrifier two today. Yeah, it's the one that's in with theaters. Elliot Fullman, mm. great artist, Elliot? great new artist. Elliot Fullman. Yeah. Oh, what did he do? In it. Uh, he was an actor. Oh, this movie's the most uh, violent film I've ever seen in my life, like far and away. And you know the kind of shit I watch. I had to stop it. I had to stop. I showed you some of Elliot Fullman's music. They're kind of like Elliot Smith. I cannot believe he's in that. Yep. And he's a kid with glasses. Black hair. Oh, that fucking kid. He was great in it. Anyways. Um, yeah, any last closing thoughts? Um, Besides that? Nah, we'll get into the we'll get into Bob Barker, uh, next get episode. Your, get your pets spayed and neutered. Right. What do we call this episode? There was like no theme. We were just going. I'll find a title. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for watching. Yeah, we love you. And listening. We love you. Dearly. We love you dearly. And uh, we will see you next time. Sayonara.